passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drop Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Cordell, we know that the end of the season presser definitely happened. You were there in attendance to get the skinny scoop breakdown, whatever you want to call it, of things that uh, happened in the AFC Championship game, as well as uh, Eric DaCosta speaking about decisions that potentially uh, may be made. So let's start first with the recap of the AFC Championship game. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, quotes that had gone out. Um, First one that was very interesting was John Harbaugh mentioning that the game plan was to essentially do a lot of RPOs and you know, they wanted to run the ball. And that obviously didn't happen. So when he says that, what were your immediate thoughts in terms of, okay, well, that essentially didn't happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it, when he mentions RPOs and, and things like that, I mean, that's all line of the scrimmage, you know, line of scrimmage stuff. That's uh, yep. quarterback reading it. Um, so in one breath, he, he gives, you know, names, RPOs and things like that that were in the game plan. Um, but then he also comes back and he'll say, you know, that he agreed with whatever 
Lamar was looking at because he saw the same fronts or he saw defenses setting up to stop the run. So it's like he he throws it out there, but then he kind of retracts it in yeah. the second breath a little bit. It um, almost felt like he low-key threw him under the bus. Uh, he just didn't use, you know, verbiage. Right. right. It's coaching. But, you know, but yeah. like you said, the, suggesting that they were going to use RPOs is absolutely allowing the quarterback to – see what he sees and then make the decision on what it is that you know he wants to do from there right so i mean uh, and i mean i i feel like you know that's that's a part of this you know lamar and whatever he sees at the line of scrimmage whatever he decides to do in rpos whatever he decides to do pre-snap you know um whether he stays in the play that's called or changes it I don't know. You know, that that's all a part of what's on his plate. It's, you know, that he, he has control of this offense. So yeah, I mean, it, it shouldn't, have, it shouldn't be just a John Harbaugh thing to begin with. It shouldn't just be a Todd Munkin thing to begin with. It shouldn't just be a Lamar Jackson thing. It's, it's all, it's all of these guys collectively. And just as much as everybody is saying, John could have went to Todd and, and told him to run the ball more, which he possibly could have. We just don't know. I mean, that's another story in itself. If he went and told him and they still didn't do it, but just in the same breath, Todd could tell Lamar like, Hey, look, we want to kind of lean on the running game a little bit to start this drive or whatever. We, we need to, we need to get something going. We need to get more balanced. We have to kind of let the running game set up the passing game. So that type of communication should be there now again same thing if munkin goes and says that to lamar and lamar still goes out there and checks out of every run play that they call then that that's a story in itself so either communication isn't happening or communication is happening and it's being ignored something's going on mm -hmm. uh, in in the process of how the play is called based off of you know compared to when it's actually run i don't know what's yeah. going on, but yes, yeah, so it, it's a multitude of reasons as to why I think they didn't run the ball as much as they should have in that game. I agree with you. Um, too many people, you know, I've I, I seen say, oh, well, they were giving looks. They were putting eight people in the box or, you know, whatever. And my response to that is, so what? So uh, everybody knows that the Ravens run the ball. You think that that's the first time that they saw eight people in the box this right. season? I'm pretty sure that they didn't. And ultimately, that's how you end up being the number one um, rush defense in the National Football League is because you don't care what the other side is doing. You're going to do what you do, and you're going to bet on yourself and your ability to run the football versus playing to the hands of whatever it is that the defensive side of the ball is doing. Um, running the ball keeps defenses honest, as we saw with the Chiefs, what they did in their game plan. It uh, allows more flexibility in terms of your offensive scheme. I don't care if they had 10 people in the box, Cordell. I don't care. You have to keep defenses honest at all times. When you become one-dimensional, you don't win football games at any capacity. And, and look, it might be here and there that you get a couple of wins being one-dimensional. But you're not going to be that good as a team overall when your win-loss record comes to play. And that's the problem that I have is that, okay, so you saw certain looks that were favorable to stopping the run. 
Gus Edwards could probably lean forward and get two to three yards, you know, if he pushes, you know, through the pile enough on his own, which now makes it second and, you know, mid or, you know, second and a little bit more favorable than being first and, I mean, uh, second and 10, third and 10. And so that's the part that I think that I'm annoyed by the most is that I don't care what they're doing. I don't care what they're doing. I'm going to do what got me here. And I don't like the fact that it, no one checked anybody. And look, it is very possible that like, because, you know, Harbaugh did say, you know, he and Lamar talked about it. And I guess that they all, you know, cool now or whatever. Fine. Um, and it's not our business to know what that conversation was, because honestly, you know, that is between the coach and his player. But what I do hope is that they both had a conversation and they learned that 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 them not running the football was one of the biggest mistakes that they could possibly make in one of the biggest games that they've both had. Well, Harbaugh since 2013 and Lamar essentially in his career. Yeah. And that's all I can ask for. And that, and that conversation, I, I, that was the thing that really stuck out to me. It's, you know, it's one thing to go away from the run, but their best weapon that they have on this team is Lamar's legs. And even mm -hmm. that, wasn't a big part of it. so that was the one thing that was one of the things I asked John about like what happened to the Lamar runs whether it's a scramble whether it's a design run where was that mm -hmm. and you know he talked about him and he mentioned how scrambling is a big part of what they do is what they want to do he, he, you know he, he says all the right things he talked about the conversation he and Lamar had and how they you know like you said hashed it out and they they saw things the same way and Whatever. I mean, it is what it is at this point. He wasn't going to be able to say anything that was going to give that, that was going to put people at ease at that end of the season press conference. Correct. That's reality. You know, I didn't yep. go in there with the idea that John is going to come and and say, you know what, you're all right. We should have. I mean, I, I just I didn't know. I knew what he was going to say and I knew it wouldn't be deemed acceptable to people. I mean, it is what it is, you know, uh, it, it's, it's happened at this point and he was asked about the run game multiple times in a very, you know, in various different ways. And if he's, you know, he's going to say what he's going to say, he's already, you know, got his mind made up or he's been prepped of how to approach these press conferences. So, you know, he's going to hit his bullet points. He's going to, he, he, and I'm not saying that what he's saying is lying. I, I think, He's giving his truth. I think from his vantage point, he felt like the the game dictated for them to go away. Not not saying it's right, but just it, for him, that's his truth. And while at the same time, they would have to understand that people are just not going to accept whatever they come out and say, considering what's already happened. Completely agree. Well, your truth was the wrong idea <laughs> as now you're sitting at home um another, one of the things that was talked about uh with eric DaCosta was you know obviously free agency things you know what you know he was kind of mum about the situation with justin matabike understandably so because you know there's the possibility that he could be franchise tag or you know he can go to free agency um but it was a very interesting conversation about ronnie stanley and what he could potentially be doing in 2024. And I think it was kind of vague because if you look at the public perception, Cordell, some people thought that, that, that his comments meant that he was going to return. 
Stanley. And some people felt like his comments meant that he's essentially not the same player that he used to be. And, you know, they may be moving on. So what was your perspective when you saw um, or you heard his comments regarding Ronnie Stanley? Yeah, I mean, I, I same thing. You know, it's he wasn't going to give much. He didn't give much about any of these guys that are pending free agents or anybody that has anything contractual that they're going that they're planning to deal with this offseason. He was very mum about pretty much everything offseason wise, which again isn't a surprise. I get it. Um, with Ronnie, I don't think that this is as easy of a decision as people are making it out to be. Um, I think it's easy to look at. Ronnie's year and see him split in time this year and see him not look like his usual self most of the year and see him continuously dealing with lower body injuries um, that don't seem to be getting better. Um, but on the same token, it, it's a lot invested in him. I know that they'll save about $15 million if they cut him after June 1st. Right. But, you know, it, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow number one um, for the Ravens. And number two, I think there is the possibility, at least in their minds, that maybe Ronnie, a, a glimmer of Ronnie, of Ronnie is still in there. He doesn't have to be all pro Ronnie. He doesn't even have to be pro bowl Ronnie, but a serviceable right, a left tackle that can, that you can depend on to protect, to protect your franchise quarterbacks blind side is still in there somewhere. Um, so I, I really wouldn't be surprised if Ronnie's back next year. I, I think that they're going to figure this whole thing out. I'm not optimistic about Ronnie necessarily taking a haircut or anything like that. I mean, Ronnie's a big time advocate for the Players Association, so I don't believe that that's going. We already see Ronnie using, you know, his player given rights throughout the year when it comes to his practice <laughs> schedule, when it comes to all of that stuff. So one thing Ronnie going to do yeah. is use his, his exercise. His right. Sure I will. can't even be mad, you know? Sure will. So it, why, why would I think that's going to be any different when we're talking about the money aspect? Yeah. I, I completely agree there. Was there anything else that stood out to you during that press conference? Um, You know, obviously that was a uh, kind of fresh right after Mike McDonald got uh, yes. the job in Seattle. Um, so, you know, Harbs mentioned how they, you know, they wanted to keep Mike McDonald in the building. Uh, he went as far as to pretty much say that they tried to keep him in the building, but Mike wanted that job, you know, and for everybody out there that's like, oh, the Ravens should have just swapped out John Harbaugh and put Mike McDonald in there. I don't even know if that was on the table. I mean, it may have been, you know, I, I don't, I, I would imagine it wasn't for Mike to still not be here, you know, and even if the Ravens, you know, even if Bashadi came to him like, yeah, you could be the coach and waiting. I don't blame Mike McDonald for not taking that if that's what they offered. I don't know that that's what they did, but it just would make no sense to me if I'm Mike McDonald to wait around for a head coach who still is pretty young when we talk about the grand scheme of an NFL head coach who just lost in the AFC championship game. I mean, I know people are upset with Harbs right now, but the honest truth is Harbs is probably here. You know, I don't know. We'll see what happens next year, how next year ends. But very true. Most people aren't getting fired after they have the type of year that the Ravens. Correct. Just had. So correct. Um, Sorry, I, doesn't happen. Yeah, I have no problem with Mike McDonald deciding to go elsewhere. Um, at the end of the day, he wants more. He deserves more. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it it, it kind of is what it is. That's the way the league works. If you got a coach that's that good, you're going to lose them eventually. 
Absolutely. And, and we wish Mike McDonald the best. Um, while we're talking about Mike McDonald, let's stick to more departures and changes here on Winning Drive. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So in addition to the departure of Mike McDonald, there has been other departures and other changes made. Obviously, the Ravens had to fill in the spot of defensive coordinator. And so they did that in-house with Zach Orr, who we all know was a former player whose season, excuse me, career ended um, prematurely due to a neck injury. Um, there's other guys, uh, Denard Smith left as well. And then Anthony Weaver, who I thought a lot of people thought he would probably return. I started to feel like it was slim to none when Zach Orr was named defensive coordinator left for uh, the Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator job. So that is not counting Zach Orr because he's still with the Ravens, but that's three defensive departures that the Ravens have seen um, since the end of the 2023 season. So, uh, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about how you can see that going. And look, you hear the talks, of, you hear Zach Orr's uh, talking, you hear the players talking, Cal Van Noy, you know, has something positive to say once he got promoted. And, you know, Zach Orr um, spoke and said, you know, it's going to be a lot of hitting. And I was like, ooh, I don't know, friend, because they be out here giving flags. So <laughs> don't hit too hard out there, friend. I get it. You want to be intimidating. Completely understand. Just don't overdo it because you know that they're going to flag you. But uh, what do you foresee with all the changes that were made um, from a defensive perspective? How do you foresee this going? Because it, I, I can't not think, Cordell, that they won't have a little bit of a regression just because, you know, there's a different coordinator that wants to diff that wants to implement his game plan, which is, you know, going to probably be different than what Mike McDonald um, had. So um, but they do have a lot of core players still, you know. Um, so I'm just curious to know your thoughts on how you could foresee this going. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I think regression is. Mo uh, very likely. Um, and it doesn't have to be major. I don't think that they're all right. of a sudden just going to be a bottom half of the league type of defense or anything like that. Um, but they were just so good in general. Even if Mike McDonald was still here, I would say there's only, they could only go down. I don't know what else they could do uh, based off of what they've been able to do over the last like year and a half. Um, that said, yeah, you know, that is going to look somewhat different, right? I mean, I, I would think I'm curious to find everybody's trying that I've talked to has made it seem like it's just going to be 
you know, not the same, but there won't be anything major. Even when I asked Tarbs about it, I asked Tarbs about, you know, what what type of wrinkle or what type of difference could we see with this Zach Orr defense, um, especially considering how good the Mike McDonald defense has been. I don't even know how different you really want it to look, but you want to allow your coaches to put their own fingerprint on it. So I'm sure there are going to be creative things that Zach Orr wants to implement and a lot of things he, he he'll probably want to keep, but look, they're, they're going to lose some guys, especially those veteran edge rushers. Um, it'll is back to relying on the young guys again, Oway and Ajabo. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, you know, still with those guys. Um, but like you said, you still have some, your, your core guys, Matt Abike, I think will still be on the team in some sort of capacity franchise tag, most likely. Um, yeah. Roquan on the second level, Kyle Hamilton on the third level, still have um, Marlon there for right now. Marcus is back there. Hopefully he could put together a healthy season. So they they still have guys. Um, I think the defense will be fine. And the good thing about Zach Orr is that he already has the, the, the respect of the players. He already has the guys' ear. He's a part of Ravens culture. He played here. He played in the league. Like it's set up perfect for him to kind of slide in and take yep. over Mike McDonald in, in which he's been a part of this defense the last two years as well. So it's not like he has to kind of learn this scheme all over. He already knows the scheme like the back of his hand. Now yep. he, he can kind of just adjust on the fly. He can put his own uh, fingerprint on there now to, to keep what he likes. So I, I think it's a slam dunk higher um, at, you know, with Weaver it, it was, you know, it was what it was. It just seems like he he gets passed up quite a bit in-house and outside. It was great to see him get that opportunity to be the Dolphins defensive coordinator. I think he'll be just fine out there. Um, losing Denar Wilson was huge, too. I think Denar yeah. Wilson was their number one candidate um, to take over the, the defensive coordinator job. But I think with Mike McDonald's decision, kind of going on as long as it did, I think that may have forced Denard Wilson's hand to go out there and take that that Titans job. So the good yeah. thing with the Ravens is that they had a good in-house candidate in Zach Orr, who's young as well, 31 years old. I mean, my goodness, um, calling plays on the defensive side of the ball. And that'll be tough. That'll be the one adjustment you're looking for is how is he calling plays, especially in critical situations because he hasn't done that before, at least Mike McDonald had experience doing it out at Michigan. Uh, Zach Orr, he, he he hasn't been a play caller before. So that, that'll be the one thing. But John said that that's what he's kind of working through right now. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, it will be very interesting um, how this goes. Like you say, he's 31 years old, so he's very young. You know what I mean? I mean, it allows him to, you know, we were having these conversations about, oh, Mike McDonald potentially being the, the next apparent heir, even Anthony Weaver, a former Raven himself, being the next apparent heir. Um, and now the possibility is, what if it's Zach Orr? He's also been a guy that's been with the organization for essentially his whole career. And so what if it works out that he's the guy that the Ravens want to mold and to develop into being the next guy if when Harbaugh decides that he wants to, you know, not coach anymore and do a front office uh, situation. So I definitely think that 
it is something that to consider. It is definitely something to consider when you see, you know, somebody so young. And look, Mike McDonald, you know, he's had his, what's the word I want to use? He He's moved around. I mean, he, he was the Ravens linebackers coach, left, went to Michigan to be their defensive coordinator, came back. So it's, he's had his elevation at different levels, even, you know what I mean? He's had his ropes on the college level. Then he turned around and had his ropes at the NFL level. At some point, if he would have stayed, it would have only been for another year. He would have had to been offered the head coaching job with the Ravens or he would have gone elsewhere. But this year, obviously, with the Triple Crown uh, situation, was going to be the year that teams were going to be interested in McDonald. But, but with Orr um, and his resume in terms of how long he's been here, you could potentially see maybe it's him that's the next apparent heir to the 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 the, the franchise in terms of head coaching that they want to hold on to and say this is the guy that we can make you know we can keep in-house and we can keep this guy being the uh the the next head coach oh by the way and i listen y'all gonna say oh here we go but listen this is the politics matter in the nfl unfortunately he's also black so that means you can potentially get a uh draft pick out of hiring a minority coach if he's the next man up and that's something that Eric DaCosta, we know he loves getting draft picks, right? So getting so having him potentially be the next guy in line. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to get a draft pick for hiring this guy. To me, sounds like something that the Ravens probably thought about moving forward. I don't know. I mean, but but I think that they're a very smart franchise and they also understand the dynamics of everything. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, you know, it's a lot of people that already respect Zach Orr and his young coaching career, and people do believe that he's on a fast track to becoming one of the new younger head coaches in the NFL. So it could definitely happen. I mean, that's why these guys are paid the big bucks to kind of look down the line and kind of plan things out, map things out so that the future is bright. Um, and they've shown that they've had quite a few good in-house candidates over the years. Um, not wouldn't be surprised if Zach Orr ends up being the next great one for him. Um, they also brought in Doug Mallory, uh, that was the Michigan defensive analyst to be their defensive backs coach to replace Denar Wilson as well. So we're seeing them start to um piece this defensive staff uh mm-hmm. back together a little bit. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Chuck Smith probably stays in the role he's in, right. Um, uh, but they now have to figure out a new defensive line coach with Weaver gone and essentially a linebackers coach now with Zach Orr getting the promotion. Absolutely. So again, I, I definitely think that, you know, anytime you have a change um, in, in this type of uh, situation, it's going to be a little bit of a regression because, you know, people are their, their individuals. They're going to have their own individual philosophies. They're going to have their own individual schemes. Um, and you expect that to potentially not hit right away, especially since um, NFL teams now don't really do a ton of preseason games now. Um, and so they don't really start obviously playing into real action until week one. So it might take a couple of weeks to adjust to what, they, what it is that they have. I do think that they still have the uh, enough pieces to be a very good defense. Um, but at first, you know, might just take a, a time and a process of overhauling the old thing and then bringing in the new thing. But we want to congratulate Zach Orr for his uh, promotion at defensive coordinator here 
on winning drive. There were some other potential moves, Cordell, that was supposed to happen but didn't happen. We'll talk about that here on winning drive. All right, Cordell, so there's been a seesaw of events uh, in the past basically 24 hours where uh, Jerry Rosberg, the Ravens' formal, former special team coach who has been here for quite some time, um, we know he left and he ended up being the interim coach for the Denver Broncos at one point. Uh, there was plans to bring him back as a game time coordinator. And then today on Tuesday, um, they decided that, uh, no, that's not going to work. Not really sure what happened in terms of the, the the change of heart, but it looks as of right now, um, Jerry Rosberg will not be joining the Ravens, at least in the capacity as the uh, game managing coordinator. So, there was a lot of interesting dialogue about this um, from the fan base. And essentially the biggest one was, well, what is the point of the head coach if he needs help with game time management? Now, um, I understand that people are still very salty about what they saw just a little over a week ago and that emotions are still running high. But I'm going to try to be a little logical here. It's not new for people in high places to have cons uh, consultants. And I don't think that football is essentially any different in that regard, right? Um, and so sometimes someone feels like they might need a second set of eyes. Maybe the AFC Championship game, he felt like he needed somebody to tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, what are y'all doing over there? Because y'all not running the football. That's what you're not doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if look, if you need somebody, Ravens, Please give me a call. Call my agent. I absolutely can help y'all in this in that regard. I can tell y'all what y'all need to do out there. But if you want somebody with a little bit more of an NFL resume, I understand you might want Jerry Rossberg instead. But uh, apparently, that wasn't. That's not going to happen. But the backlash originally regarding this potential uh, situation was very interesting to me. I I, I view this no different again than a CEO getting a consultant to help them be better. You didn't win the AFC Championship game. You can afford to be better. So I, I just don't know what the issue here is at hand. So maybe you can help me understand. Well, I think for the crowd that has been calling for John Harbaugh's job, it, it fed the, that narrative that John doesn't do anything. It gives, that, it gives that illusion that he doesn't do anything. You've got an offensive coordinator who is in full control over, over the offense. You've got a defensive coordinator who's the play caller on the defense. He's a special teams coach. You know, he's, John is a special team, former special teams coach. So to the casual fan, John doesn't do anything because special teams doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that's how people view special teams. Um, and so – you see him bring in Jerry Rosberg or you see the, you know, the report that Jerry Rosberg is close to getting a deal done with the Ravens to be in a quote game manager role. This was never verified or anything like that from the Ravens. So we don't know what type of role he was really coming in for. Um, but like I said, it, it just fed the narrative that people already had, I think, towards John Harbaugh. And yep. For me, I don't think it's a negative. I don't, you know, the Ravens wouldn't have been the only team in the league that even has that type of person in that role. You know, there are teams in the league that do hire people um, to to kind of be their extra eyes in the sky, so to speak. Um, and so I think for John, 
while I don't think John is on the hot seat after losing the AFC championship game, I think it's a little uncomfortable. You know, I think it's probably uh, he, when we talked to him at the end of the season press, so he said he hadn't had his meeting with Steve Bashotti yet. He said they had text, um, but he said he had, they hadn't had the meeting yet. I don't know if they've had that meeting to this point. Um, but I do think, and this is my own kind of me uh, just thinking of the situation in my own head, I wouldn't be surprised if it's been a little uneasy for them to talk to each other right after that game. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't think John's on the hot seat, but I think you think he probably had to answer some questions, you, you know, think the starting to warm up a little bit. I'll say this. If the Ravens were to be one and done in the playoffs next year or something like that, you'd have to really, th- I-, I could see anything happening at the end of the season, if that ends up being the case. Now, if they go to the AFC championship game and lose again. It's a pattern at that point, though. It could be. And maybe you get the John and the Ravens have mutually parted ways. You know, maybe that's what you get. I don't think anybody will get the satisfaction of the Ravens have fired John Harbaugh. uh, But maybe you get they've mutually parted ways. But again, it's so tough to even get to that game that the, I, I, I think people have this idea that moving on from John, even if we use Mike McDonald, Mike McDonald comes in for John and the Ravens are not only back in the AFC championship game next year, but they're winning it and they're potentially winning the Super Bowl. Like progress isn't guaranteed. You know, it, it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed for John. We don't know what's going to happen with these guys next year, but I also don't think it's a given that, you just put somebody else in his spot and now they're going to go further. It doesn't work like that. You know, it's it's going to be a different formula now that you have a different head coach. So you don't know what type of uh, uh, final result you're going to get anymore. The NFL is a week to week league, a year to year league for sure. Um, And especially when you're in the AFC and you've got Patrick Mahomes in your conference, nobody really wants to give, I've yet to really hear anybody give the Chiefs credit for winning that game. It's all been about, and granted, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that the Ravens didn't beat themselves, but people Mm -hmm. act like they went out there and lost to some bums. They did. (laughs) Right. A team that's essentially in their fourth Super Bowl in what, five years? I mean, you know, uh, hey. They they know what they're doing over there. They know what they're doing. And that's why they continue to go back. Exactly. Exactly. So you just, that's why it's important to not be, you know, but so emotional. I get it. It's fans. You know, they're going to be more emotional than probably in different ways than the people that are in the castle. Um, But yeah, with John, I, I don't know. He's been here for so long. He's got He's a veteran in this league as a coach. He's won a Super Bowl. You know, he just got out of the AFC Championship game. I don't know what it's going to take for him to be done. It may take him saying he's done. But um, next year, if they take a huge step back, I I, I think something could potentially happen. I do, too. I mean, and look, at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do to try to save your job. And yeah. if that means that if that means that you feel like you're stagnant and that somebody can help you get over the top, I know. Right. And if the if the Ravens have no intention on firing John Harbaugh at the moment, right? Because we know that that, like you said, that could change. But at the moment, if they have no intentions on firing him, but yet he feels like he needs to do better and be better, I have no problem with him hiring a consultant to potentially help him do that. And 
if you were on your job was on the line and you really wanted to keep your job, you'd probably do it too. That's all I'm simply saying. And um, John Harbaugh isn't isn't you know clearly we can critique him. We do quite often. Um, but ultimately, I think. Hey, listen. If you felt like you needed some uh, additional help, I'm completely okay with sometimes you got to be like, hey, I need some help here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, maybe it's me. Maybe somebody else can come in here and tell me what I'm doing wrong. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, as a, th this didn't happen, so we'll see where this goes from here. I'm simply saying that if it did happen, I don't have a problem with it. There's nothing wrong with wanting to evolve and be better and maybe getting an outside opinion on how to do that if you want to get over whatever hump that you're on yeah so. I, I agree I didn't have a I said it on my show I think that this is a positive for the Ravens I think it's a positive for John this is John if they had made this higher this is John saying I see where I'm falling short yep. I see where yep. I need help it and I'm going to you know because a lot of coaches are filled with pride. This is John putting his pride to the side. Now, granted, also it could be because it's he may feel the heat a little on his shoulder. Like, all right, this I got to do something to kind of save myself at this point. And so um, I get that. And I, like I said, I think that would have been a benefit for him and the team. I just also recognized how that potentially happening gives fuel to the people who already feel a certain way about John. It just, you, you saw the same discourse I saw. It's just people that have been waiting for, you know, John <laughs> to get out of there that are just like, okay, now, now what exactly, now what is he doing? And I, and right. you know, we, people need to understand there are a lot of things that go into being a head coach beyond just what we see on game day. Yeah. Um. So I understand that John would have still had his hands full, but again, to the casual consumer, they're looking at it saying, what are you doing? What are we, what do we have this guy here for if we need him to have a essentially somebody else up there to tell him how to do his job? That correct. I, I could see why people would get upset with that, but I, I agree. I think it would have been a positive for the Ravens. That's all that's all I'm saying. I'm simply just saying that, you know, I I, I don't have a problem with somebody saying maybe I just need a different set of eyes mm -hmm. and, and I could potentially use the help here so uh hopefully we'll see how this goes again it, it was refuted the report that he was joining the staff so we'll see where this goes from there so thank you for everyone for joining us from cordell to me this is winning drive Twenty Four Hundred sports is an odyssey company 